This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What's going on, everybody? Paddle and Finn has got a meetup going down October 16th through 18th at Eastport Marina and Resort in Alpine, Tennessee, which which falls right on Dale Hollow. What we're going to be doing is just hanging out, fishing, uh, depending on the number of people that show up and the interest, we may do a small tournament. Uh, we will have some stuff to give away Saturday evening. We're going to do a hangout and a little little barbecue action. We'll have food for everybody. If you're looking for lodging, you could stay right at the resort. It's $50 per person per night. Um, and what you get is your own personal bedroom on a houseboat, luxury houseboat, courtesy Eastport Marina. That's a special price they gave us to lend to our listeners. If you want uh, more info on the resort, you can go to eastport.info and uh, their website will pop up there. You'll see all the houseboats and things like that. A majority of our hosts are going to be there and we would love to spend some time on the water with you. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. All right, all right, welcome everyone. First podcast from the new studio, dude. Indeed, behold. Yeah, behold. <laughs> welcome everybody. Um, we got an epic guest lined up this evening. Uh, we got Mr. Josh Dolan in the house. Uh, do us a favor, kick, click that share button down in the lower left-hand corner of your screen, like Jay's getting ready to do, see him digging in his pocket over there that's what he's gonna do gonna order some food (laughs) oh i mean i am hungry (laughs) dude uh welcome everybody uh glad to have you guys here um before we get into our guest uh just want to run over a couple things and uh do a little shout out here um we got the meetup coming up 
in uh, October 16th through 18th at Eastport Marina uh, in Resort, which is down there on good old Dale Hollow. Um, going to be a good time. Uh, we got country music star JL Fuchs going to be performing Saturday night. We are going to have a small tournament uh, through Tourney X. Uh, so if you want to participate in that, I think we're talking like entry fee, like 25, 30 bucks just for fun. We're going to have some stuff to give away. Um, there's going to be some seminars, food, all that good stuff. So um, if you guys are interested, um, this little banner that's up here on the screen is on all our social media pages. Please check that out. Um, and you got anything else to add to that, Mr. Randall? No, sir. Okay. Good job. Good job, Jay. Good job. Glad, uh, glad you're here with us this evening. Um, (laughs) the, uh, the next thing, uh, guys and gals, um, if you guys follow the podcast, obviously, you know, our man, uh, Dan Perry, um, just want to give a shout out to him and his family. Um, he lost his father-in-law this week. Um, Mr. Johnny Gill prayers and thoughts, uh, with the Gill and Perry family. Uh, if you, uh, you know, believe in a higher power, please keep their family in your prayers. Uh, I know, uh, Johnny was a role model to, uh, Mr. Perry, Mr. Dan Perry, and, uh, really got him into tournament kayak fishing and stuff. So, uh, you know, uh, it's not an easy loss for him, but, uh, just want to let Dan know he's in our prayers. And if you guys could, uh, lift him and his family up, um, you know, like I told him the other day, man, uh, father-in-law's up there in the heavens uh boat flipping 10 pounders now so uh just cool so uh shout out to dan uh we're thinking about you buddy so uh should, should we bring our guest in who we got again was it again oh uh keep forgetting his name dole dolan yeah josh yeah jo- joshua josh, or joshua josh? i don't know i don't know i can't remember i see him down there he's like what's up with these dudes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shaking his head. Let's get Josh Dolan in here. We're going to talk to him this evening. Mr. Dolan, welcome. Welcome to the show, my friend. Don't ever call me Joshua. (laughs) Sorry. How's it going? Good, man. Yourself? Uh, Not too bad. Hanging in there. Recouping after a a difficult work week dealing with the weather, but I can't complain too much. I hear you, man. I hear you. Well, uh, for those out there on the uh, good old interwebs, man, uh, why don't you give us a little background on, you know, who Josh, I said Josh, uh, Josh is, what he does, and uh, how you got into kayak fishing, man. Uh, okay. So I am uh, 28 years old. Last time I checked, I always find a way to screw that up. <laughs> but uh, about 10 years ago, I graduated high school. I was a, a two-sport athlete, and I wasn't going anywhere. I uh, didn't have any college prospects or anything really materializing. So I needed something to channel my competitive nature. And uh, I soon fishing had always been kind of a part of, of my growing up. Both my grandparents did it. My dad uh, was big into it. And it always played second fiddle to sports growing up. But once I kind of saw one door closing, I, I ran towards uh, – the door that contained fishing and more specifically um, within the state of Virginia trophy fishing. 
which uh, we have an angler recognition program here in the state, which um, is a bunch of different species. They all have certain uh, uh, size requirements to to uh, qualify as trophy size. So over the last 10 years, um, I've spent pretty much every waking moment chasing that. And the kayaking thing uh, kind of came along right at the same time with it. Just, um, you know, when you're a kid fresh out of high school, you don't have a lot of money. So the kayaking thing was the cheapest way to go. With, you know, the vehicle I had at the time was just the easiest way to do it. So both things have kind of um, flourished separately and together at the same time, kind of played off each other. So uh, like I said, I've, I've spent the last decade doing this stuff. Um, and I really enjoyed it and just kind of has led me to where I am today. Right on, man. Yeah. What, uh, <clears throat> so, I mean, were you tournament fishing before recreational? Like what, what kind of took the, took you in the direction you're going in, you know, these days? Uh, I, it's just, it's, it's always from day one been this, um, this is inner fire, this competition to, you know, I, I needed to compete with something. It's always been there. Um, i my father instilled it in me to, to be a winner and, and to compete, and he put it both in my brother and my sister as well. Um, we just have an insane competitive edge, and when it comes to fishing, most people view it as like a, a relaxation type thing, you know, if you're not a tournament angler or anything like that. So a lot of people don't understand, you know, why you would um, – go and chase a bunch of different species and that sort of thing. And it, it all derived from that. So it's always been this variety pack, always chasing a bunch of different species. I didn't really ever, I've only gotten into um, tournament fishing like the past couple of years and I've only really dabbled in it. Um, it's just two different monsters, man. You, mm -hmm. you spend so much time chasing a bunch of other species when, you know, being good at tournament fishing demands that same amount of time and effort and attention. So it's kind of hard to really do both. Um, but I've, I've dabbled in the, the local tournament stuff here and there, and I'm hoping to get into the Hobie boss series, uh, you know, next year, if, if time allows. So that's just kind of where I went with it. What, uh, what in particular, like intrigues you out of the Hobie series versus, you know, the bass series or KBF for instance, I would, I would not, I would say it's ignorance more than anything. I don't know a lot about the entire deal. Um, you know, the bigger checks I would think come from the Hobie scene just because that's where my mind's eye is right now. I haven't, um, you know, you have the KBF national championship and there's a lot of tournament stops around here, but, I would say my, my mind is probably focused more towards that right now just because I've been in a Hobie for the last couple months. So don't right take anything, you know, it, it could go either way. I'm sure once I dive into it, it'll be every, anything and everything. So KBF, you know, they're, <laughs> they're just as big in their own right. You know, they're the OGs with it. So sure. I, sure, sure, sure. You know, it's, it's more or less just, just that. No, I dig it, man. I'm I'm just curious, like from my own point of view. I always like asking guys, you know, like what draws you to this series or that series, you know. And it's, you know, it is what it wanna, is. Like everybody's got a different reason, you know. I just want to meet Mike Iaconelli again. I mean, that's there all. That's, that's all go. I want out of. That's all I want out of life. I want to go <laughs> to a tournament. I want to meet Mike Iaconelli, and then you know, I have a funny story with him actually. That it's brief, but. um, 
I'd say probably seven years ago, he was fishing the Northern Open here in Richmond, Virginia. It's on the James River. And uh, my girlfriend and I went out to dinner, went by Dick's Sporting Goods. And like, you know, you just kind of see people sometimes that like they just have a bunch of random stuff. You know, and it's a bunch of random fishing stuff. And I ate my words on this, but I looked over and I'm like, that dude just doesn't know what he's doing. He had like a like a Snoopy <laughs> pole, like just like he didn't. It looked like somebody who was scatterbrained just ran in and grabbed a bunch of stuff. That was my ignorance to think that because I walk out and I'm like, that's Mike Iaconelli's truck. Oh, that's great because it was the jacked up t- or Tundra. Yeah, you yeah. could tell, you know. Sure, sure, I'm sure. Like, oh, and then the light bulb clicked off. That was him and his kid like checking out. <laughs> buying a bunch of like i'm like oh he's you know so i i really uh ate my shoe on that one. But it was cool i I didn't, I didn't tell him i thought that of him but i i got to shake his hand and like stupid me like i'm like oh man it's so cool to meet you all right see you later and like walked away didn't get a picture didn't get an autograph he's probably like this dude is like an idiot like what doesn't want a photograph or an autograph or anything just said hi and left like total sketch ball yeah, but I mean, at the same time, right? Like, you know, I always think about that too. Um, you know, for for the most part, you know, I think he might have treated that as like a sign of respect. You know, like he didn't want to take up a bunch of his time and things like that. But sure, at the we'll same time, what yeah. were you thinking, bro? You should have got an autograph and a yeah, photo. So I'm just, you know, I'm living my life right now, just trying to get back into the presence of Mike Iaconelli, so I can make up for, uh, you know my mistake the first time oh i'm sure he's watching right now yeah, so yeah of course him. he has but nothing better to do he's probably <laughs> our biggest fan dude and yeah, he's probably like there's that dude yeah i, that yeah. I saw at the store <laughs> when i was buying the snoopy rod dude. dude if he sees this he's definitely not gonna say anything to me next time <laughs> <laughs> you never know man maybe he was picking up that snoopy rod as a new ned rig set up dude, you know? I, yeah yeah yeah, he's probably got that. another. He's probably got another story about judging. Like, man, it was weird. Like, what was that deal about? Like, <laughs> yeah. that was such an awkward exchange. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh man, it's so good to meet you. All right, see you later. Like, just yeah. leaves. Like, what is this dude doing? Oh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was just funny. Funny exchange, but I like it, man. Uh, so you stuff. said you've been rocking the Hobie the last couple of months. Uh, which boat you in, man? I'm in the PA fourteen. I got no, the no. 180 drive, courtesy of Appomattox River Company here in Farmville, Virginia. They mm-hmm. uh, they let me uh, borrow the boat, and I've had it for like nine months now, so I'm probably going to have to pay them for it at some point. But, yeah, it was like, hey, uh, we'll lend you this boat, use it a couple times, then give it back. And then I just haven't done that, and I'm probably a horrible person. But, you know, I, <laughs> well, I need to. I don't. I don't think they're one of our fans, and they're probably not watching. So the secret's <laughs> safe, bro. Just sounds, saying. I think it sounds like plausible deniability. I mean, <laughs> oh no, they're they're well aware of the situation. <laughs> That's but, funny. Yeah, it is what it is. That's cool, man. <laughs> they keep calling. Yeah, He's yeah. like, I don't know who that yeah. is. <laughs> Bill no, no, they're, <laughs> <laughs> they're super cool. No, no, they're super cool with it, man. They they've let me use it. I've done a lot of cool stuff out of it this year, and. Um, I've, I've, I like it so much that I think I'm going to go ahead and make it mine. So I need to get with those guys on it pretty soon, I think. Right on, so, man. What, yeah, yeah. What, what would you say uh, you like most about that boat? Um, coming from a big tuna that Jackson makes, so I'm mm-hmm. already coming from a large boat, I would say, um, if you can believe it or not, speed 
is the number one thing. Pedal drives would smoke anything I could do with a paddle out of the other boat and uh, stability. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm a big dude, but I was able to stand in the big tuna, but always kind of like being extra careful. Sure. That pro mm-hmm. angler, man, I can stand up, turn around, whatever I need to do. As long as you have some center of balance and center of gravity, you'll be fine in it. But um, yeah, I really like it. Just more room to work. You know, I mean, it's just all around thumbs up for me on that. So. Right on, man. I dig it. Yeah, yeah. I dig it. Yeah. Well, let me. How do you like that seat on that Hobie? Uh, it's pretty comfortable. It's, it's it's really nice. So we just came back from a uh, a trip down in Florida. We were fishing for Goliath groupers, so that was a nice little addition uh, to the to the little fishing camp right there. You get to paddle the baits out with the Hobie, come back, pop the chair out, and hang out in comfort for you know yeah. twelve hours. It was pretty nice. So. It's, Jay looked uh, it's, at me weird because I don't like the comfort of that seat. Oh yeah, well, you know, I'm probably a little more squishier than you are, so it, it works for me really well. <laughs> no, nah, he's squishy, no. bro, bro. Don't make me stand stand up and show you the cheeseburger belly. <laughs> I, hear you, I, hear you. I mean, come on, man. Don't embarrass me on my own show like that. Come on now. That is funny, man. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I mean, it wasn't horrible, but it, you no. know, it's here's the problem right i came from the blue sky seat to a hobie seat ah, i see yeah. i mean well and then the field's kind of split anyway and anybody sure. you talk yeah. to it's you know it, it could be yeah. one or the other it's usually right. 50 50 that's think, a negligible you, thing uh, i think i think you, you get one of those uh one of those kayak cushions uh mm-hmm. you know if you guys missed it on the podcast that came out today the guys on the final cast did an episode with him talking about that but uh, I think you throw a cushion on there. I could, mm-hmm. I could, I could get down on that. You know, well, I, got, I know you like the cushion. I don't yeah. have one. I got the kayak cushion, and uh, I, I threw it on the Jackson anyway. I'm like, yeah. it just makes it that much better. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I have a broken tailbone. I've had one for like the past Ooh. eight years. I think it's probably something I should get looked at, but I neglect it like everything else. So I, I don't have a problem with the Hobie seat, but coming from the Jackson. Um, the particular seat I had, it, it's an upgrade for me. But like I said, it's all yeah. it's all negligible. It just depends on yeah, what man, you need to do. It's all personal preference, you know. Well, like I've yeah, always yeah. said, man, what I like, what Jay likes, and you like is going to be three different things, you yeah, know. Yeah, for sure. So on and so down, so forth down the line, man. Yeah, no so, doubt. That's cool, man. Uh, I dig it. Well, I want to I want to get a story behind this. I'm going to share a photo up here. It was the photo that I had at the uh, the start and what we used to kind of oh, uh, small fish yeah, broadcast uh, this podcast, dude. So, <laughs> I mean, I I'm looking at the the fish blown up on my screen here, and right. I mean, those teeth got to be like what inch and a half long up there towards the front. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. I'd I'd say the most impressive thing about that photo is the sheer amount of mud coating everything. I, I was just gonna say, yeah, that, I wasn't dude. gonna bring it up, yeah. but yeah. I, yeah, I don't know how into it. Like I was talking to somebody about you the other day, and I'm like, you know, I've got a, a certain level of dedication. I just don't yeah. think it's at the level of Josh. <laughs> Oh yeah. Just, so no. yeah, it's Jay, you've done the white sturgeon thing with our buddy um Steve up in uh Idaho. And everything that is good and pleasurable and fun about chasing 
Idaho white sturgeon is the exact opposite yeah. of, of what you get in Texas chasing alligator gar. They're, they're definitely, they're, they're yin and yang on that deal. I mean, you know, Idaho's clean, clear water, uh, rainbow trout for bait. You could basically eat sushi if you wanted to. And then you're catching a, a nice clean fish that's like protected and amazing and all this stuff. And, you know, it's nice and cool up there. You go to Texas, you're catching something that's crazy looking with all these teeth. Scales are rough. They'll cut you just picking them up. You're using disgusting, most of the time frozen carp, which is the slimiest thing you can imagine. Ugh. And then it's a million degrees, a hundred million percent humidity, and, you know, you're covered in mud. So it's literally the complete opposite of one another when it comes to the, the North American mega fish habitat. So... That's crazy, a, dude. So what yeah. was the time frame on chasing that big boy down? Uh, it really doesn't take that long. It's maybe 20 minutes. So the deal with this guy is... Um, Sounds nothing like sturgeon fishing, by the way. <laughs> well, that, I, I went back and looked at the video of the one I caught, we, I caught with Steve, and it only took me like... 25 minutes tops i don't i think that sturgeon was just not used to pulling against that much weight or something because <laughs> it did not take that long but i don't know it either either way the alligator guard really doesn't take too terribly long um they're more of a, a dead weight you know fish so whereas the sturgeon will rip drag off and dart back and forth and really give you a hard time alligator guard just use their weight and just stay down and the only time you ever see these videos of these things doing the crazy tail walks and head shakes and anything, that's when it's more towards the end of the fight when they get up near the surface. And when they get up there, they realize they shouldn't be up there and they freak out. And then they do these head okay. shakes and all that stuff. So, but this fish in particular, which is the thing you got to worry about with alligator gar, it swam through a downed tree. Well, normally, in any other situation, that would mean that's a lost fish. But in Texas, there's so many down trees, it's just a normal thing that happens. So what you have to do, the way you have the rig is um, you have a bait stopper on there, and you're able to cut your main line. So what we had to do with this fish is literally cut our main line, let the float and the stopper and all the excess line go through the tree, pop out on the other side, and then you go catch up to that line and you do a quick uni to uni knot, get everything tightened back up, and then you fight the fish back on your main line. So, wait, wait a minute. Yeah, what? What? What's yeah, quick about a uni knot? <laughs> well, dude, believe me, nothing is more difficult than trying to do a uni knot. While fighting like, like a sixty-pound like, fish, like well, you're dude. like you know, you know, you get your you get your line that's not attached to anything anymore, and you paddle as hard as you can in the direction of where you think that fish is going. That way, you have some slack to work with, and then you're just tying as I mean, you talk about stressful situation. You're tying as quickly <laughs> as you can, and it ne you never get it right the first time. At least I don't. I always have a loop in my uni knot or something, and I'm like, all right, I can work with this, but I'm like, what if something fails? So I yeah. usually have to cut it and redo it again. It's insane, dude. It is a – you want to talk about, like, sharpening your sword when it comes to, like, pre like pressure situations? That will do it. So – I mean – But I've – I was going to say, the thing I would think that is, like, the – closest to that is maybe disarming a bomb 
before yeah. it goes off. Dude, you know, yeah. <laughs> like you're literally oh, like. <laughs> I, I want to know who came up with that method, and I want to shake that dude's hand. Dude, you know, who, I mean, I, I let me know. tell you what those those guys down in Texas and the the guys that guide for them in particular are a different breed of human being. Like I don't necessarily know if that's a good thing. But there, there, there's some, there's some crazy dudes down there. So I'm sure it was one of, you know, somebody down there came up with it. But your options are either do that or swim through the tree with your rod, and that's way more sketchy. So, yeah, but, um, I could see that. I mean, but, you know, and yeah. I get what you say about, uh, the, you know, guys in Texas. I mean, one of our hosts, yeah. Dustin Nichols, is from down there. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's a little funny. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Oh yeah, that's true. But no, dude, sorry, dude. It, it's just once you cut that main line, it's like severing an artery, man. And nothing is more heart wrenching than not being able to find that float. Like once you cut, because you cut your line, your float goes down, disappears a foot under the surface, and it's gone. And you just hope it comes back up. You know, and sometimes it'll come up, pop up right on the other side. But sometimes it's half a mile away from me, which was the case with that fish. Like, luckily, oh I had a buddy of mine with me and he actually spotted the float and I had to catch up with it. I went this way looking for it and they went that way. And luckily they found it. So it's just oh, wow. it's, it is clearly not ideal. And you wouldn't do that for any other fish if it wasn't, you know. I mean, a, they a they kind of did. They kind of did something like that for Jaws, right? Didn't they like shoot shoot Jaws yeah, shoot. with a harpoon, oh, yeah. and then it had the <laughs> barrels? And then yeah. they kind of followed the barrels running through the yeah, water. It's, I mean, it's that's basically yeah. what you did. Yeah, it, it's like I said, man. You want to like have a bead of sweat go down your forehead trying to tie that your line back together is it, it's next level stuff. So. Well, what pound test and are you guys using braid or mono or floral or everybody's different but typically it's braid i prefer braid i use 100 pound braid for all of my bigger stuff so i run siegler lgs um they're large game reel so i think it holds somewhere like 450 to 500 yards of 100 pound braid with the backing so you have a lot to work with there but okay. you know these aren't a fish that's going to tear off a bunch of line or anything on a crazy run but you want that line capacity because generally what you're doing is you're getting down there and you're picking a section of river and then you're setting a rod out every 100 yards or so and you just got to keep an eye on those rods and you know if one picks it up cool then you don't have to worry about the line capacity necessarily. But if one picks it up and then another one picks it up, you have to deal with this one before you can even get to that one. You need that line. So, yeah. you know, it helps to have something with um, a lot of line on it. But, yeah, I usually run 100-pound braid and then, uh, you know, whatever, a top shot of usually 100-pound mono, depending on what I'm chasing. So, and, and, and from what I've seen, you don't even have to fish – that far off of shore, right? Can't you just like almost drop it off the bank? Yeah. The, so the riverbanks in Texas are as close to vertical as you can get more or less. Like there's no reprieve <clears throat> from sunlight at all. Like there's no trees or anything. So you're dealing with, you know, 80 to 85 degree embankments and, you know, it goes straight down into the water. So you're literally just putting a rod stake, you know, on the bank, leaning your rod in and just, usually dropping off into whatever hole is right there 
So they're they're a very uh, mysterious fish for what they are. I mean, I know a lot of people don't respect them down there necessarily. Like the bow fishing forms a big thing, but they're truly uh, one of America's last giant fish. So they're um, where where you do find them, you're usually out in the middle of nowhere. So you can get away with running a bunch of bunch of lines like that and stuff you don't have mm. to really contend with other people messing with your stuff at least for the big ones anyway you're out you're out in the middle of the boonies man you're far from anything that's cool so, i like it man yeah 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 so what what other fish are you chasing man because i know you're kind of like a, a multi-species guy kind of looking for that big bite you know traveling yeah. around and sure so my um my game plan or I guess my, my life list type thing that I'm working for um, was to get the alligator gar, which check that off the list a couple times by now. And then we got the uh, uh, white or yeah, the white sturgeon out in Idaho with our buddy, Steve. And supposed to, uh, I was supposed to go on a trip for Wells cat um, actually this November, mm -hmm. but that's not going to happen. So um, my goal is to get five large freshwater fish to start with. So um, we got the two white sturgeon alligator gar, then wells, then probably arapaima, and then fill in whatever that fifth one is going to be. Probably a large Amazonian catfish or maybe a giant stingray or something like a giant freshwater stingray. Um, but that that's what I'm, that's the direction I'm heading in with my, my angling portfolio right now. Um, a lot of European and like Asian countries have these fishermen that kind of they're globe trotters. They go all around the world doing this type of thing. But the United States for some reason really doesn't have that premier person that really does it. Um, there's maybe one or two guys that kind of dabble in it, but that's, that's where I'm working towards. I'm, I'm trying to do the globe trotting lifestyle of chasing huge fish all over the place and, and sharing it with, uh, with my friends on social media and stuff. So that's, that's kind of the direction I'm going in right now. So I'm, um, I'm, I'm doing a lot of planning on, you know, international travel, but when I'm not, I'm, I'm working on the same type of thing in my home state of Virginia. So chasing muskie, large flathead catfish, blue cats, uh, gar, bass, snakehead, all that stuff. So, well, speak of the devil, Mr. Steve Carroll himself, Mr. Sturgeon Steve said giant Mekong catfish question mark. I don't know, man. They're a weird one. I don't even know if they like necessarily eat like actual like I don't know if you can fish for them. I think they eat grass or something. Everyone that I've ever seen caught is caught at like a fish pond type thing by some dude with like a giant long stick. So I don't even know if that's even a thing it's uh, it's good stuff man i'm i'm just uh, i'm working towards this stuff little by little and um that's just kind of my goal is is to just kind of hunt down these giant fish so i'm i'm doing that both in freshwater and then i'm dabbling in the saltwater stuff too so i've hunted a a big tarpon the past couple years and i've hooked up with a couple of them but i haven't been uh, successful in landing one yet. And then um, this past trip to Florida, we were trying to tangle with some big Goliath grouper and uh, they gave us the slip. Yeah. But so I'm kind of working, working both things. I'm trying question. to get a, yeah, dude, my, my buddy, David Graham down in, uh, down in Florida, he's, he's a killer man. He, he gets on all those big fish. So we teamed up down there and we're trying to 
pursue that. We, we, we had direct contact with three, but just, you know, either line snapped or hook pulled, you know, all the stuff that happens when you're dealing with big fish. So. Yeah, man, tarpon, that's that's a bucket list fish for me, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, yeah. On, it's, a, on a fly rod, I should should add, just because Yeah. why not, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, I mean, you know, if you're going to take something difficult, you might as well just make it completely impossible, and then... Well, yeah, I mean, you know. life isn't easy, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen anybody, you ever seen those videos that are hand-lining uh, the, I think they're Goliath groupers coming into the... Uh, um what's called oh man what am i trying to say it's out in like Mi- miami uh, like uh, into the harbors and everything yeah, into yeah, the canals yeah. and yeah. they hand line them like right off the docks yeah that stuff it's insane man i i have a particular opinion about hand lining which i don't hate anybody that does it but i, I don't want to catch one like that i'm strict rod and real dude so but um but it, it's crazy like watching those dude play tug of war with a fish that's twice their size is pretty interesting oh, it's crazy so, oh yeah it's it, it's yeah. insane but uh but yeah man like i said we we did this trip uh last week down in florida it was pretty awesome we um i got a buddy that lives in fort myers david graham and um we drove down to his house and then we did this like cross state like hitting everything on the the west coast gulf side all the way over to the east coast atlantic side just every fishing opportunity to be had we were just hammering it so we got uh juvie tarpon snook uh clown knifefish peacock bass long nose and florida gar grass carp all that stuff uh lemon shark he got a big bull shark so i posted all those pictures on monday and everybody's like how long were you down there i'm like dude we did all that in like a three-day span it's just it it is insane it's just it's cool when you get to tag team with somebody that's as passionate and as willing to go over the edge as as you are you don't have to really compromise anything so we just we hammered it for a a solid week but caught a tilapia that was probably bigger than the current world record so it's just yeah it was an insane trip so it's good stuff so uh, this is an interesting question, and uh, this is by Steve Carroll in the chat. How close are you to the Master Angler Certificate in Virginia? So um, depends on how you look at it. Uh, Matt, the Virginia Master Angler has six levels to it now. It used to be five up until 2020. So um, every five new species, you like basically level up. So you can catch five species five different trophy species and become a master angler in the state and then every five new ones you level up so um in april of this year i caught a trophy freshwater drum and it was my 20th species so i'm now a level four master angler and oh, wow. there's there's six levels total so it's crazy man like you end up the reason why i love doing that stuff is you end up into some of the most random places that you would never go if you weren't doing this type of thing so like I've ended up in parts of Virginia that I know I would never have ended up there. So like truck stop towns. And the only reason I'm there is because it holds giant brown trout type thing. You know, you're on all the back roads, seeing sure. all the little nooks and crannies of the state. So it's cool, man. I mean, that's, that's the part of it that I get the most enjoyment about just windshield time and just seeing all the different stuff. The fishing's kind of a burden when you come down to it. Cause you know, driving's over with now you got to pick up a rod and freeze to death because you're fishing for walleye in february and it's 4 a.m so 
Well, it keeps the adventure interesting, you know. Uh, I am just changing it up consistently, you know, yeah. getting on different bodies of water, and you know, like yeah. you said, just the scenery, man. Uh, just discovering more and more. Yeah, and what you find, like the more you do it, you you learn a little bit here and a little bit there. You take you take different pieces from each little individual species and you can apply that to everything else so once you do enough of these you realize that fish behavior and everything is kind of the same across the board so something you might learn for say musky will apply to bass and a carp might apply to you know a yellow perch or you pick up you know they're they're the same and different in many ways so it's cool i've i've i was fortunate to be born in richmond virginia and we have a major waterway flowing right through the city um i've grown up here i've fished i mean i i could not if i was put in like kansas or like new mexico or where there's no water i don't know what i would have ended up doing because i would have had to have find something to fill this massive occupation of time that fishing has given me. So luckily I was born where there's a lot of water around and, and I've um, really taken advantage of that and chasing all this different stuff. So it's uh that's cool. It's good man. stuff, man. I yeah, like yeah. It. Brian Thornton in the chat asked, when is Josh coming back to Texas so I can get an autograph? So uh, the guy I was talking about that found that float for me was Brian. So he, he's a great dude, man. That's 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 the other thing about doing all this stuff is you meet the best people. Like I, I don't hire guides mainly because I'm pretty broke. But also I, I like doing the – the I like being a participant in the legwork that – you know, comes with catching one of these fish. So because I'm, I'm not doing it with a guide and I'm not, you know, just showing up and being handed a rod, I get to meet people like Brian, people like Steve, people like David, Th these guys that are awesome people and you'd be friends with them no matter what you were doing, but fishing just happened to, to bring you together. So Brian's a great guy. Can't wait to get back down to Texas, even though it was absolutely miserable down there. Uh, Brian keeps it light and, uh, uh, he, he always shows me a good time when I get down there. So I like spending time with him, whether we catch fish or not. I, the last trip down was pretty rough, but I, I think uh, I had a good time anyway. I'm, I'm sure he probably hated me for showing up in August, but, you know. <laughs> it's such a beautiful time up yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. Like 110 yeah. in the yeah. shade, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Went from being alive. <laughs> Dude, it, it's it's – it's insane. It's so hot down there. Like It's just – it feels like somebody's breathing on you all the time. It's just so humid. It's ridiculous. Like, come down to Texas, they said. Yeah. It'll be great. Yeah. 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 Every time sure. I show up in July and August, he's like, why don't you come in, like, mm, April or October yeah. or when it's not a billion degrees outside? So You got that, I, you got that northern blood. That's why. Well, I like. I always uh, like yeah. the excuse of those folks down south. Oh, it's a dry heat. It'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. It'll be okay. Well, see. My first trip to Texas was in 2014. I did all the research myself. I'm like, oh, it'll get down. I'll get down there, and it won't be that hot because it'll be a dry heat. That only happens in West Texas and Southern West Texas. It doesn't happen in East Texas. You're very close to like Louisiana, where yeah. there's like a million mosquitoes. Dude, it was so hot. I almost passed out the first day I was there. So yeah, <laughs> there's, there's no such thing as dry heat around you know Dallas and Houston. You're sweating through your clothes in five seconds. Well, that's yeah. hilarious. That sounds great. 
yeah <laughs> it's 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 crazy man but but yeah it's it's all in good fun i mean i enjoy a trip to texas sweating my tail off just as much as i enjoy showing up to fish with steve carroll mm-hmm. when it was 93 degrees in richmond virginia on thursday and i show up friday morning and it's 13 and we're gonna go sturgeon fishing yeah. I got out of the truck that morning. I'm like, Steve, man, I don't know yeah. if I can do this. Like 80 degrees is a pretty serious temperature change. It was cold. Oof, and dude, naturally, dude, no joke. I know. Yeah. That was the coldest week of the year they had last year. Just so it, happens, you know. Isn't it weird, like how uncomfortable you are, but you're excited, but you're still uncomfortable? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? well, like we had a fire I, going on shore, sting, warm. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's how bad it was, you know? And then yeah. you're like, oh, fish. And then you get the kayak and off you go. Well, it's like you're trying, you know, I, me being from here and not there, I'm like seeing it. I'm like, oh, it's so cool here. Like, yeah. it, it looks like we're on Mars. And you step out of the truck, it's like it's freezing. And then you're fishing for something you're not used to. And then I'm wearing four layers of clothing and a wetsuit. So I'm like the Michelin man trying <laughs> yeah. to fish. Yeah. And then – I'm in a pedal drive kayak for the first time. So it was just a whole, like the fact that we even caught a fish on that trip was a miracle. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's insane, dude. I mean, the, the type of stuff you're willing to put up with just, I mean, many times I've been out there like I should have done anything else. I should have started playing video games or yeah. something <laughs> in, like, you know, like why did yeah. I pick this expensive yeah. ass sport? That like, half the time I'm miserable. Like so. stamp stamp collecting is great. This sounds you know coin, <laughs> yeah, coin collector. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I could, you know, anything, anything. Yeah. But start crocheting. It, yeah. Yeah. Knitting, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But you know, tell me, I mean, like, tell everybody a little bit about you know, catching the sturgeon. I'm not sure which one of us has the bigger sturgeon, though. Oh man, I wonder oh, God. If, it always comes I wonder down. If, to I wonder that if you got you. me. I always I, I, Steve. I mean, Steve, Steve can chime in. I'm sure he's still watching. No, uh, I I truly felt bad about that um, for about three minutes, and uh, the the temperature took over, and I was happy that I caught the bigger fish, so it was fine. But uh, but no, dude, that that I, the sturgeon I caught was eight foot one inch and thirty seven inches around, so it was a oh. it was a big one. It, it was a big one. I gotta go back to Idaho. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but no, dude, that that whole scenario was crazy because we got to this pool, which I'm pretty sure Steve took you to the same spot. And it's mm-hmm. just a pile of current dumping into this hole. I mean, yep. you don't want to accidentally get caught in it because you'll be a half a mile downriver before you can even do anything about it. So we're fishing this little, you know, recirc hole where the water's flowing back on us. And we got this piece of trout down there. And I noticed my rod tip did this slow bend and like came back and it did. I'm like, I must be moving, pulling against the line. Cause you know, you're using like three pounds of lead or something crazy like that. And it did that a couple times. I'm like, nah. And Steve naturally, I think you have a fish. I'm like, nah, that wasn't a fish. You know, it's not a fish. Like it, I'm sure that it's not a fish, you know, I know what I'm doing. It's not a fish. Well, about five minutes later, I'm like reeling up to switch baits out and my rod doubles. And like, I'm just, it feels like I'm trying to pull the plug out of the bottom of the river. And Steve's like, I told you so, man. Like, you know, (laughs) it was, it was pretty good. But, uh, 
but yeah, for as big of a fish as they are, they uh they have the the lightest, like most gentle pickups. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you know, I I thought because we didn't have an anchor out or anything, so we're just kind of floating around in that you know uh, back eddy pool, and I just figured I was pulling on the line a little bit. You know, I didn't know there was a giant freaking fish attached to my line, just you know eating, and you would think like off. it. Yeah, any other species, if it was on your line for five minutes, it'd be gut hook. This thing's just mm-hmm. chilling with a lip piercing for five minutes before yeah. I even <laughs> doesn't even care. Yeah, they're, yeah, so, they're like they're so hard to bring up. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah, and when they're down there, they're resting too. So yeah. the longer you leave them down there, the more of their energy they're going to have to oh, fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude, that thing that. it blew out my arms for the week. Like I was done. I, I, mm. I, I mean, you're, it's like surprise bench press for 30 minutes you know what i mean like you're just (laughs) this thing we hooked it it just immediately took off into the current and it's perfectly built for that stuff that shovel Mm. head i mean it was rip and drag like it was taking my lunch money man like it was shooting up (laughs) river and i'm holding on getting pulled into this heavy current and it's still rip and drag i'm like oh my god and the you know half the battle is keeping your boat straight. That way you don't get oh, caught yeah. sideways. Because mm-hmm. if you get caught sideways, you're gonna die probably yeah. because you're gonna get caught in that current. So I'm like keeping the boat nose into the current, fighting this thing, huffing and puffing. I mean, I don't know if you watched the video or not, but it it sounds like me and Steve just got done running like a marathon. Like we're, <laughs> we're just like huffing and puffing. I can't even post the video anywhere on social media without people like what's beavis and butthead doing with the camera you know yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but uh but yeah we i thought i swear it wasn't any longer than like maybe 25 minutes something like that and, and from the time we hooked it to the time we had it like beat and then you know you think the hard part's over with well now you're dealing with you know near 300 pounds of dead weight that you have to find a way to manage because you're, you're railing it. So it's coming up straight. So you can't get a hold of it really. And then all that grass in there that time mm-hmm. of year, it's, I mean, tons of grass. It's getting down in tons. the grass. So we finally, we, once we had it landed, we worked quick just to make sure, you know, you can leave an alligator guard out of the water for an hour if you were inclined, as long as you keep it wet. But those sturgeon, man, I mean, we got it up in the shallows and did everything quick. I, I, I probably, actually got to take pictures and like see the thing for a tenth of the amount of time i mean if we fought it for 20 minutes we had it out of the water from well you can't take them out of the water but we had it landed for maybe two like we we just it was quick you know take the pictures say something for the camera try not to look like an idiot and like let it go so (laughs) it was uh it was intense man i mean as as much as much fun as i had like getting that fish it's just one moment in a trip I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I would tell you I had more fun probably hanging out at the only bar, only place, like only civilized place to like go to out there in the middle of nowhere. It's this little like rundown dive bar that doesn't even have a sign outside. It's got mm-hmm. one door, no windows. Like you open it up, you go in. It's an old school like bar room setting. Dudes are playing pool. There's a guy with a like 10 gallon hat. spurs like and it's all these farmers yeah it's all these like sugar beet and potato farmers like showing up at the end of the day and they're like because we don't look like them like we we don't you know we look like aliens like 
what are y'all doing? And, you know, we're explaining to them, showing a fish picture. And they're, oh, my God. And then they're just talking your ear off because you're in the middle of BFE, Idaho, and you're from Virginia. And they're like, why are you here? Yeah. So they're, you know, they're telling you about their crops and how the season's going. And But we went in there because it was the only place for two hours to get any kind of food. And the yep. food we got was a microwave DiGiorno pizza. I knew oh, nice. you get pizza. Yeah, let me tell you, dude, that is the the best food yep. after a 13 degree, like being a popsicle all day, a, a hot microwave DiGiorno pizza hits the spot. So yeah. it's just uh I went Just to the stop. same place. I know exactly <laughs> yeah. what he's talking about. Yeah, you, you know yeah. what's funny? We we did well. I've been out there during the summer, so it's been like real beautiful. But I've also been out there when it's cold as hell. I mean, yeah, you know where you got to wear the dry suit and everything, yeah. and I hate yeah. the dry suit. Dude, but, I did um, a wet suit. I know I it's wet, like yeah, I was I, wet the whole time. Like what an idiot. But, but, <laughs> yeah, I was like I, dude, I don't, that I, probably yeah. wasn't yeah. fun. Yeah. You know, it's like I, I know yeah. that water is like you know freezing. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's like it's very north, but uh, wasn't gonna say, yeah. So, we, me and Steve, did that same drifter in the summer. And I remember we get mm-hmm. to the, the uh, you know, we get to the uh, you know, the boat dock and he hops mm-hmm. up. And uh, I'm like, I say, Oh, who we have picking us up? He's like, Oh, nobody. Yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm gonna go find somebody. I'm like, What? <laughs> like, yeah. so that's the kind of world it is out there. And yeah. then not only that, we ran into a dude that he actually knew, and he was like, Hey, he's like, Next time that happens, just give me a call. Yeah. You know, I was like, I'll take Dude, you. I'll, it, I'll take you back to the other truck. You know, it's it funny. it speaks to my soul on a level that, like, the flying by the seat of your pants, figuring it yeah. out as you go thing. Like, just how are we gonna get back? I will find somebody. Yeah, yeah all right, we'll cool. Like, sounds yeah. good. You know, three days but, later, you're like laying on the ground, <laughs> yeah. starving, yeah. no water. Dude, like I said, man, that that fish was an an awesome highlight and just a you know, another thing I can share with people, but just spending that time with Steve and like mm-hmm. driving across Idaho, eating in a little rundown bar with some dudes that just got done plowing sugar beets and then eating breakfast at like a crossroads gas station at being the best breakfast I've had in years, probably like yep. you wouldn't, yep. you know, you wouldn't think, but like homemade food, it just, it just, it's like a nostalgia for something that I've only done one time. Like mm-hmm. I want to go back out there so badly. I love uh, it, it out there. It's beautiful yeah. out there. It's, and there's so much more to see. You know, it's it's funny. Yeah. You, you don't want to just go down or go up to Idaho and I sadly sit just fish for sturgeon because there's so, so much, much. Yeah. to do out there. I mean, they got creeks and rivers coming out of the mountains yeah. and it's, you yeah. know, the, the, the landscape is so diverse. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just an amazing place. Steve's yeah. wife chiming in. Steve's classy like that. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats on the new edition, Ashley. Um, I might have to come sleep on your couch for a few days, but I'll I'll take care of the kid if if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> Will babysit for yeah. borrowing yeah. your husband to take me fishing? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and I was telling Brian this today. I gotta say, Ashley is a huge part of the experience because she's oh, just yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean you feel like you belong at the house and everything. And, you know, Steve, yeah. I've said it, you know, many times you're very lucky. I mean, she's just awesome. Oh yeah. You know? Dude. I, I spent a whole day with like her and the kids while Steve was at work and she's like, what are you? I'm like, I'm, I'm chilling. Like whatever yeah. you gotta do, I'm here. You yeah. want to go to the playground? Let's go to the playground. Like, I'm, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I, I'm just go with the flow, man. It's all part of the journey. So yep. it's, it, it's fun stuff. But, uh, 
I see it now. That's- Ashley's probably sitting there going, see? See? Yeah. yeah. I'm awesome. Yeah. yeah. You know that yeah. thing I told you Steve I wanted? Yeah. Go to the store. Yeah. Now. <laughs> Might be digging a hole for Steve. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but no, nah, man, great. it's just all these trips and stuff. I mean, each one is, is unique in its own way. And there's good and bad with all of it. And there's, there's mm-hmm. fishing injuries and there, all that stuff. But, you know, when you look back years later, I mean, you can't, you wouldn't want to change it for anything. No, you know, it's, no. it's, it's, it's so fun, but that I'd say like, you guys asked me what, you know, working towards and all that stuff. I mean, my current goal in life, other than, you know, the, the actual catching of fish is to find a way onto like a streaming platform, an Amazon prime or a Netflix or Hulu or something that's looking for outdoor content. And I Mm -hmm. want to be the guy to provide that because I know what I can do fishing wise. And I know Mm -hmm. I have a personality that, you know, is open to other people and I can do that stuff. I just got to find the road to get to that place because I know like, you know, you put the football in my hands, I'm going to score a touchdown. Like I know, I know what I can do and I know the people that I meet on these trips and, and mm-hmm. I know the beauty and, and just the experience that I see and how raw it is. Like that's, I, that's my main goal right now is to find a way to, to show this to other people. And, you know, there's the whole YouTube thing. And I just don't personally feel that the type of stuff I do is conducive to YouTube. Cause you know, if you want to make it on YouTube, you gotta be pumping out content. content it's gotta, yeah. it's you know, spill away fishing cops, call it angry neighbor type stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I don't, mm-hmm. it's not really, it's not really my vibe, but, um, but like this trip I just took with, with uh, David in Texas. I mean, my girlfriend had to pull a Dorito size glass piece out of my ass cheek after I like fell landing a fish and did like, Oh wow canal side surgery so i didn't have to go to the hospital and then like where i had to replace a spark plug in my truck in the advanced auto parking lot at 8 30 and they close at nine when we're on the way to go try to catch goliath creeper like there's so much like just stuff that happens that's like real you know yeah. that you don't it doesn't have to be this manufactured bill dance mm-hmm. you know classic fishing stuff i mean there i want to yeah, i want to but, but the bloopers bro the bloopers oh yeah, yeah. Come on, uh, dude. I, hey, I don't, you know, I, I, I believe me, I got plenty of bloopers. So, <laughs> so you know, I saw you, I saw you on the hookshot show and I think you have a, mm. I, I, I know what you're talking about. Like, you know, just your, your presence, dude, you were, I thought you were great on that. I mean, of course, you know, the, you know, hookshots like, you know, uh, Joe yeah. and all of them are great. Um, I mean, props to those. Guys. I love, if you guys haven't like listened to any other good podcast, definitely listen to some hookshots. That stuff is awesome. They always talk about yeah. great stuff, and they're just their candor is great. But you know, when you were fishing for snakehead out in PA, I think no, um, I was here. That was Virginia. Was it? Oh, okay, Virginia, yeah. dude. Yeah, there yeah. was the, it was a great episode. I mean, it was there was a lot of a lot of good highlights on that one. Yeah, it, it was a fun time, man. And that was another deal where like so much happened in the day that didn't make it on camera, and that fish that I eventually caught at like the end of that episode, that was literally. The last two, like we were, I would grab the trolling motor cable, pulled it up and like caught that fish out of the corner of my eye. Like that's how close we were to not catching a snakehead in that video. Like grab trolling motor, pulled it up, saw the snakehead, cast it at it, caught it. Like, boom, we have a show. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just crazy. So 
Yeah, I mean, I've I've done stuff with uh, with our buddy Jim Sammons and 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 hook shots and various things here and there, and I just I feel comfortable in front of a camera, and I'm mm-hmm. just myself, you know. But I want to be able to take that and do like a like a Survivor Man vibe, where it's just a guy and a camera, but it's filmed in a way that's like real and like you're. It's not. There's no gimmicks. Like you're coming along with a guy actually trying to like hunt down white sturgeon or or alligator gar or whatever. So my main thing is I I know what I want and I know what I can provide. I just don't know the road from A to B type thing. So mm-hmm. that that's that's the main focus right now is just trying to find a way to make something like that materialize. Huh. That's cool, man. Well, I know the CEO of Netflix. I'll hook you up. Yeah, ah, perfect. Well, over sorry, there. just kidding. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I think I canceled my subscription. Oh yeah, Netflix, bro. Well, there's uh, some stuff going on. <laughs> believe me, well deserved. Well deserved. They uh, they've been doing some very questionable things lately. Yeah, but you know, whatever. It's yeah. not fishing related. Right on, man. Right on. <laughs> but uh. Well, we're, we're winding down, man. Uh, it's been almost an hour here, dude. So uh, we'll kind of give you the platform, man. Plug your social media, where people can follow you, what you got coming up next, if anything, sure. and all that good stuff, dude. Sure, sure. So um, you can follow me on Instagram at Havrods underscore underscore will travel. I had to use two underscores because at the time I made it, somebody already had the name. But uh, you can see it's on the photo right there if you need to uh, – have it to type in, but yeah, man, um, I'm uploading stuff from this Florida trip. Uh, I got a lot of stuff. We went from, you know, freshwater exotics all the way to, you know, land-based shark fishing in a week's time. Got a lot of photos there. I'm actually rigged up. Uh, me and my buddy, Grant Alvis, we're going out for, uh, the big bull redfish on the Chesapeake Bay bridge tunnel tomorrow. So I'm, I'm literally, I'm going to sign off here and I'm going to go to bed because we're getting up at four to get rolling on that. So we're going to tangle, I mean, largest redfish on the planet. So, and you're fishing bridge pylons. Like you're, you're basically crappy fishing times a thousand, like you're fishing bridge pylons and you got a 50 inch fish down there. So it's, that's crazy. I can only imagine how that fights. Oh my God. It's, it's it's wild. It's like, yeah, yeah. That's crazy, uh, dude. Yeah, they're they're next level stuff. So, but yeah, if you want to follow along with my social media and just kind of keep up with what I'm doing, and you know, I chase everything. So, um, that's cool. Just uh, have rods will travel on Instagram, and uh, the same on YouTube. You can look me up there. Um, I do upload to YouTube, but uh, like I said, I want to try to find that higher platform if possible. So, right on, stuff. brother. Right on. Sweet awesome. Man. Well, thanks for coming on, dude. Yeah, dude. Hey, we thanks for having your time. Me. You know. Yeah, absolutely. It's been fun. It's good talking to you guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, no sweat, dude. No sweat. Thanks again, and uh, we'll we'll be talking to you soon, Josh. Uh, if you ever got anything coming up in the future, let us know, bro. I gosh, I'll be knocking on your door. All right, man. We're gonna put you in the right. green room in a second, dude. Legit. Yeah, he he's all right. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Well, first first podcast in the new studio, man. Yeah, different. I don't know. You're distracting me over here for yeah, a second. Well, I had and... this this little gnat that just would leave me alone, <laughs> and the thing was like bulletproof. I'm like smashing my finger, <laughs> and it like wouldn't die, and it still like got up and flew away. I'm like, that is amazing. But anyway, it's it's different. <laughs> like not looking at you on the screen, I keep yeah. like yeah. I, f- I feel awkward. 
Like we got to get used to this. We got to get the setup right. Uh, I don't want to look. Uh, I just want to throw it out there. If anybody's got any stickers for the fridge, hit us up. We'll take them. Sure. If you got a brand or something like that, or plus, look, Jay's shelves are empty. You need some stuff over there. I do. Send me some stuff. I'm covering up stuff with my Douglas signs. So yeah. There we go. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys and gals. Till next time. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler. The Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. TRC Covers, protect your investment. Catch Products, shout out to Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com and put the Paddle and Fin logo directly on your catch board. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com, use promo code PNF20, and save 20% on all your jig and tackle needs.